This is the Unscripted Podcast. Got good news for you. What, we're using one camera? Better better news than what Jephthah had. <laughs> what what was Jeff why are you saying that for? Cause I mean he, he made a vow and he's you know, he's like, God I feel like you're not being honest with me, Bob. I feel like there's a there's a silent dig there with that. No, there's not. There's not? No. I feel like you're just because because Ben said, Are we finally gonna get off Jephthah? Oh yeah, with your class. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that there's a there's no. A, I wasn't trying to dig. I was talking about like how this poor guy. I mean, he made it. He made a vow to God, and it's like, I did add something to your uh, to your great escape thing. What do you mean? What'd you add to it? I, I gave you a verse. You're like, oh yeah, I'm putting that in there. Yeah, what, what? with Ecclesiastes five. Oh yeah, that was a good verse. Yeah, yeah. They're all good verses. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it was good, and you could, you could have uh, offered me a lot of them. You know, <laughs> you're right. No, <laughs> they're they're all good verses, but applicable is what I meant by that. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's an applicable verse, Bob. Is that is that is that better for you? There you go. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm excited about about church camp, and um, our theme this year is good news. The baby, good, the good news it ain't going to be 105 every day. Yeah, I added the baby. Hashtag good news or hashtag the good news, one hundred and one. <laughs> well, because like the um, the word uh, the word gospel in the King James version, it's used one hundred and one times, and uh, and so it's so we're calling it the good news one hundred and one. You know the the so just so we understand something about the word euanhelio, right? Euanhelion, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Greek word. That so, so here's something interesting about why it's important to be men of the times. Yeah. So um, I don't remember what class this was for, but I did this class uh, in in for the church, and we were talking about. And I don't remember why, but anyways, I needed to talk about Caesar and the first century. Maybe it was a sermon. Maybe that's what it was, mm-hmm. and. So there's a lot of terms, there's a lot of words that are in the New Testament that are there because they're in vogue terms of the time. You got what I'm saying? So like, no, I don't know what in vogue. Oh, because of the time. Okay, so let's yeah. use this. Noah, uh, uh, Mo, when Moses records in Genesis six through, you know, nine, ten, mm-hmm. whatever, how you want to kind of break break it down there. When Moses records it, he tells Noah to build the ark by. X amount. What is the unit of measurement that yeah, he uses? Cubit. Mm-hmm. He's using an in yeah, instead of a foot. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was what he could use to measure with at the time. Right. So when yeah. Moses writes about it, he's using a a known standard of term. Right. Mm-hmm. So, he, so because if he'd have said a foot or a stinking centimeter, right? You know, all our engineer yeah. friends out there that yeah. that want to use the metric system. Yeah. You or know, what if he had his caliper out there? How you got to hold that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or your, your mics. mics. Yeah. 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 You hold it a certain way, and so that's how you know that we're uh, we're both machinists. You know. <laughs> but the get out, Mo, Noah. Go get out your micrometer. And, well, and that's the thing is that uh, so. Noah has to use. I mean, uh, Moses in describing Noah building the ark before him, he has to use an in. So he, if he'd have just said, you know, because he says three hundred cubits, well, that's four hundred fifty feet. Mm-hmm. If Moses would have said four hundred fifty feet, nobody would have known what that meant, right? Right, right? So he has to use an in vogue term. Well, the term that that Caesar was the first one. Caesar to, Tiberius, no, 
I forgot which one it was, was the first one that was declared deity on earth. Mm-hmm. That wasn't deified. In other words, he wasn't de- he didn't become God after he died, but he was deified. It was Augustus's Octavius. Uh, Octavius. Was yeah, the, and this is according to the Roman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roman Greek mythology. Well, it was Greek culture, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. they they and then they went about preaching the good news of Octavius. Mm. And so that is, I've got I've got quotes from Greek historians where when they would go out. They would go out and preach the good news of Octavius, the Euangelion, right? So when you see that word gospel, like for us, it's almost evolved into something different in modern language. Like, like if I say, "Hey, this is," um, I'm gonna tell you this, and it's gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we, we kind of, yeah, yeah, like we kind of mean it's like uh, set in stone. Yeah, you, you can know? take it to the bank. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. You can take it to the bank. Well. It literally just means good news. So there's a lot of terms, like in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Yeah, yeah so that's because that word, word, logos, is an in vogue term in, in the writing time of the New Testament. So logos just, it comes from a Greek word. I mean, this philosopher that uses this term logos, which just literally means He's the where the story goes. There's this philosopher that sticks his hand in the water, and as the water runs by his hand, he realizes that the hand, the water that's coming into his hand, is no different from the water that's going past his hand. But the water that he holds in his hand right now will never be the water that's before him or after him again. Mm-hmm. So it's the same before, the same in, and the same after. But it's not it's not the same, and so that's the the word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Mm-hmm. In his hand. In his hand. And the Word was God, infinitive. And so that's why this word logos is, a, is, is one of those in vogue terms. So gospel becomes an in vogue term in the first century. So Jesus says, John says, the apostle says, repent and believe the gospel, mm-hmm. right? So then... We've got to talk about the gospel. What does the gospel mean? Does it mean just good news? No, no. And and of course we're going into all that. But it, it's it's so powerful, like it's it's what Jesus told us to go preach. And so many times, um I get I can get caught up and I think that we can get caught up and I think it's I think it's very necessary to preach and to teach people about the church. And it's it's very it's very necessary. But he didn't say go go preach the church. Well, one, it hadn't been established yet. But whenever he said those things, but however, like the well, the church is a byproduct of the gospel. Byproduct of the gospel, and so he's telling them like you go you go preach the good, the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and of course, Paul he defines it in in First Corinthians fifteen, and um, and that's a, he's like, hey, moreover, brethren, you know the gospel that I preach to you in which you stand, by which you're saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. He says, I delivered to you, first of all, that, that Jesus died according to, uh, you know, that, that he was buried and, and that he rose again on the third day. And um, it's a, it's definitely, um, you know, so he, he defines it. He's like, this is the gospel that I preached to you, his death, burial, and resurrection. And, but what does that mean? I mean, like, like that's just... So, so you think about it from an intellectual perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
What does that mean then? Well, I mean, it means everything when you got a resurrection. And when you talk about Jesus' life, like all these kings before him, all of them died. Only one of them was resurrected. And yeah, we were talking about Acts two Sunday in, in our Sunday in our um Sunday morning Bible class. And, you know, Tom's kind of breaking down the sermon, you know, and the you know, David, he you know, Peter uses David, mm-hmm. you know, like he says oh, Yeah, he foretold about the resurrection. And I said, Hey, if, if Bob were preaching this sermon, we'd have went to the tomb. <laughs> you know, Bob, <laughs> Bob would have carried us to the tomb and Bob would have been over here pointing at the tomb. You know, you're the king of these object lessons, you know. Uh, yeah, I couldn't have brought couldn't have brought the grave in <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You couldn't have brought it in. I do want to go to Jerusalem though. But sometime. but I just it's just it's just I was just thinking about maybe, it. Maybe maybe somebody will sponsor the unscripted podcast <laughs> to go overseas. You right. Know. And their wives. And their wives. <laughs> We just want to, and and for child care for their children, uh, seven that aren't here that they don't the children don't have to go. Kids can stay back, but yeah, maybe we can get somebody to keep the kids to sponsor us to go. That way we could. Be, I mean, literally, we we would be better teachers if we see it in person. So uh, if you would like to sponsor us to. Just get in touch with me or Bob. It's kind of tax deductible. Kensington Woods Church of Christ, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. There's, there's some people that are like. Well, we got a friend of ours, and you know him. Just so you know, it's it's eight days till my birthday. In case any y'all, <laughs> yeah. in case any y'all want to give me a gift, it's my birthday month. <laughs> One out of twelve, yeah. you know. Yeah, so nobody cares. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Oh, I love you. Yeah, exactly. But, but the so but, but yeah the it, yeah I, I couldn't bring the I couldn't bring the empty tomb in. And and so Paul says. To the Corinthians, remember what I talked to you. You remember what I told you. Mm-hmm. And so just just think about the power. It's not just in those words, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Right? Those words in and of themselves really hold no power. But in the story that is behind them is where the power to change lives comes from. So, you know, I was studying this morning with somebody and they asked me a question. It was a good question. They said, um, what about, like, teenager Jesus? You know, what about, like, how old was Jesus when he died? And I said, about 30 and some change, you know, just a little over 30. And they said, well, what about all the rest of the years? So I, I pointed to, you know, John 20 and 21. You know, these things are written that you, yeah, might, believe, that you might believe. And that if we wrote everything down, then. I suppose know, even the world itself couldn't contain the books that be written. Yeah, all the John books. 21. I've used that. Uh, that uh, I the, love that. And and I've used the library one, you know, that where you counted, the, you went there and counted the books that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't even remember the number. What's the number of books I in the library? I don't remember what it is anymore. <laughs> and you spent the time counting it. I know. And, but. And so they, and I could tell that answer really wasn't good enough, you know, for the person I was studying with, which is fine mm-hmm. in the sense of that I didn't answer it in the way that they wanted it answered. Yeah. And so, so what I said was this, was like, okay, let's just look at it from two perspectives then. Number one, you're trying to get, you are unfairly, and I'm not saying like poor Chris, but unfairly me describe to you what it was like for Jesus to be a teenage boy and go through puberty and realize that he can't objectify women, that he can't, Mm -hmm. he can't act on any sexual impulses that he might have. 
because he can't talk back to his mama. He can't talk back to mama and daddy. Mm-hmm. And, and and so when mama and daddy said go throw out the bacon, well they went throw out bacon grease. The 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 cow so, grease. So imagine this: if if Jesus's mama knew that he could, I mean, evidently there's something that she knows whenever they're at this wedding at feast in Canaan. Hey, the, She's the like, angel you know, the, hey, they they did these things, whatever, and uh, and then. He's like, woman, it's it's not my time. She just looks at the servant. She says, do what he says, and, and she and walks. Yeah, she just she leaves, leaves alone, right. Yeah. yeah. So she knew. She knew something. She might not have understood you know, right. the magnitude. But, but imagine if Jesus' mama said, all right, Jesus, um, float in the air for uh, 25 seconds. Or, Jesus, I need you to make supper tonight <laughs> right. immediately. Clean the house real quick. Somebody's here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well, if Jesus is going to honor his father and mother – could he, dis- could he disobey that command? Well, and 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 so that's a funny, you know. And, yeah. and so what I said was, right. you know, like just just think about this. John said everything that was written was written so we could believe. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And and we get real preachy with that, and to try to explain that Jesus acts was it three? It's not nineteen. You know, no name given among men by which men yes. may be saved. Right before, yeah, three seventeen something. Anyways, just right in there. You know, yeah. Peter saying it ain't, it ain't us. It's yeah, it ain't us. It's Jesus, it's Jesus right. right? So there's nobody else that you can be saved by. Mm-hmm. Well, that Jesus is the way. Right. You know, Peter says it there. Well, that that all those things are right and true. But I just think we miss something real simple sometimes. We get something. We get we get things twisted up, and and it's it's real easy if we have a problem. The person at the cell phone store, mm-hmm. our brother in the church, our neighbor, or I'm struggling with how to treat my wife. Well, Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know, so so if you don't know what to do, just do like Jesus. And that, and that's a very conceited thing to say unless it's true. Just, yeah, but, just yeah, but then it's simplicity. But it's it's and so so you think about this then. There not there need not be a scenario for everything, but everything that you would have a scenario for is covered. Yeah, it, you have a thing. You have Jesus. Yeah, there's not a thing for every scenario, but for everything there's a there's a there's a a scenario. That makes sense. Well, I think you almost said the same thing. Twice. I did. Yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. but it was it was it was comma right. Yeah, there's not a scenario for everything, but for everything there's a scenario. Mm-hmm. So, so there's not like there's no how to deal with the police right. when they're treating you wrong, mm-hmm. right? If they treat you wrong, there's no how to deal with yeah. When a boss is you know, chewing down your neck about something that you didn't even do, yeah, they had no no lot. But he's like, if it. you're if you're beating for your faults, like if, if you do it for the, in the Lord's sake because yeah. of, you know good conscience, then because he says Philip, Philip comes and says, Lord, are you going to show us the Father? And he says, Well, I mean, you, you've seen him the whole time. Right. I mean, that, that's why I came. You've seen me, so you've seen the Father, and so. What we're what we need to understand is this this good news is is the death, but the the only reason the death is good news, part of the good news. Well, it's because of the life. Because it's not like I could mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. I I could just say, Lord, I just want to go ahead and toss my hat in the ring for taking care of everybody. You know, like just go ahead. I mean, I know it's going to be a mess for a while, but I'm pious enough. I love everybody enough that I'm willing to die for everybody. No, my, my, my sacrifice isn't good enough. It's not even good enough for me. 
Right. You know, it might, it's not even good enough for me, but it's Jesus' death. Well, why is his death such good news? Because of what he did, mm-hmm. of how he lived his life. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Tempted in all points, just as we are, yet he remained sinless. You know, that's why he can become the high priest. Where we have a high priest, the Hebrew writer says, not made with hands, you know, not not that he doesn't understand. He understands the things that, that we suffer yeah, with. He, he can sympathize with your weaknesses. Because he went through them. Mm-hmm. He just didn't succumb to them. And that's why his death is good news. His good the, the good news of his death is because he lived a life victoriously. So then in his death, he can be buried just like we can. I live my life in a way, like how'd you put it Sunday morning? You said something real good. You did such a good job Sunday morning too with your lesson. And Jessica and I talked about it all the way home and that afternoon before we took a nap. Um, <laughs> but actually, I didn't get to take a nap Sunday. I had to help come help cook hamburgers. But the the this life that Jesus lead, led leads me to want a new life in him. And and that comes in penitence because you said your last point was there's no petition without penitence. Is that the way it was written? Yeah, petition before. I mean, penitence before petition. Yeah. That for me to for me to approach God and and ask Him that I need you know I want to do these things or or for for me to appeal to God to take away my sins there has to be that repentant heart that and that's the same way that in you know the prodigal son that. When he came to his senses, he he made up his mind. I'm going to go to the father. Well, his request to the father was just let me be your servant. But but the penitence was there. He had to come to the father first, and and that's a that's a powerful thing. And so if I'm going to if I'm going to come and petition, well, I, I've got to come first. So I, I've got to I've got to get rid of me. Yeah. So that's the burial. That's right. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the burial. That's where I crucify Chris, crucify Bob. Crucify Ben, you know, that's where I, Jesus, like he told Pilate, you don't really have any power. Like the only power you have is what's been given. In Acts 2 and verse 31, Peter says that God foreordained, God planned. Pilate didn't kill Jesus. Mm-hmm. The Jews didn't kill Jesus. God killed Jesus. So, so whatever you think you're doing, Pilate, you've not done anything. I'm laying my life down for a very special reason. And so when Pilate, when Jesus goes to the grave, right, goes to the tomb, same thing for us. The good news, though, is Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday was the good news. Sunday was the was the, the blessed hope because – yeah, how many times, how many sermons have you heard? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and and so then, the good news then it culminates in that Jesus is victorious over the last enemy. Oh yeah, death, and and that's what all the First Corinthians fifteen is about. Is is he's talking about you know hey if 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 we're not if you're not resurrected and this is one thing that the kids are going to get you know next week if we're not resurrected. If, if Christ is not resurrected, then then you're still in your sins. And so, pose this question sometime to uh, to a group of kids: what's more What's more important, the blood of Jesus or the resurrection? 
And it's like it's a powerful it's a it's a powerful question. But but if you if you look and you listeners, if you'll turn to First Corinthians fifteen, I I just want to show you that that passage that's there. Um, you know, Paul's like verse seventeen. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile or empty. It's useless. You are still in your sins, and and so the you know. You're still the blood of Jesus is there continuously, but but the the power of the resurrection. What do you mean is there continuous? It's access. It's, it's available for all everybody. Yeah, but you, but you have to you have to access it. But the power, the power is you know the the blood. There's two there's two parts that are powerful in the blood. They only but the only power that comes from it is the blessing of God, because Jesus was sinless. But if God if God did not want to if God did not want to accept a sinless sacrifice, then it would have no power. For instance, he he wanted he wanted spotless lambs in the in the Old Testament. Okay, what's the power in in the priest presenting that? It's just because God's going to accept it, right? Yeah, because God said I, that I will take that. Yeah, I'm going to take that. Yeah, I mean that's our memory verse this week. You remember that? No, Psalm fifty one seventeen. You know, a broken and contrite heart. Yeah, you know, does God want? And and so so God if if God doesn't that's what makes that's what makes your worship to Him acceptable is because He approves it, and so the power of the blood of Jesus is the fact that one is Jesus is is sinless and perfect, but that's because that's what that's what God chose to accept, and so there's only one that could do it. He gave us fifteen hundred years in the law to try to keep it; nobody could keep it. But the but but so that there's so much power in the fact that his his blood covers us and and it and it continuously covers us today, but post post crucifixion, the the power is 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 nullified by the I mean not nullified is uh is in is in effect because of the resurrection that that there God is showing his he's showing his power and he says if if you if there's no resurrection if Christ did not rise then then you're still in your sins. There has to be a there has to be a resurrected body, and and um, for, it, it, that may be a that may be a little deep on some levels, but, but I don't think that we as Christians put enough emphasis on on the resurrection, and um, and it's I mean you just think about the that that Jesus and I mean it, the resurrection was the game changer for all these disciples. Strike the shepherd, all the sheep will scatter. They all, you know, they all scattered on on Thursday night, Friday night. They all scattered before Jesus was crucified. But but after he rose, they all gave their life to it. It's a, it's a powerful thing, and um, but but we must, you know, we it, the resurrection is is evidence, and and it's evidence to uh, to us, and and it's evidence to the world that that we're living. A resurrected life, that His love compelled us. That that we died. We're that new creation. Second Corinthians five seventeen. There's, <clears throat> so you you think about if you're gonna if you're gonna emphasize the resurrection, like look, look let's look at the scenario Matthew sixteen. Mm-hmm. So Matthew sixteen, this is an interesting kind of scenario because this is where the Pharisees and the Sadducees are together. These are two opposing groups. This is what will we call that in Congress today? 
Yeah. What's Republic, that word? Republicans and no, there's a word when they come together to try to show that this is a bipartisan, oh, bipartisan movement, bi- bipartisan effort, right? Yeah. You know, to show that that it's not just a it's not just the Republicans that want this or the Democrat. This is a bipartisan effort, and you know what that means? All the crooks are together now. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, is like beware of the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yeah, look, Matthew, I don't know where you're going, but then the Pharisees and Sadducees came to him, testing him, asking him if they would show him a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, when it's evening, it'll be fair weather, the sky's red. And in the morning, it'll be foul weather today, for the sky's red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the sign of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. No sign shall be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah, and he left and departed them. So they're coming to him and they're saying, Jesus, if you really want us to believe in you, if you really want us to believe in you that you're the son of God, we need you to do something big. We need you to do some kind of big, miraculous event to prove that you are who you say you are. The Pharisees, Sadducees, these guys are coming in. You, you need to show us something. And the Pharisees and Sadducees say, I mean, Jesus says to them, guys, a wicked and adulterous generation would seek a sign. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're, they're gonna think that they are important enough that God should step out of heaven and say, like, kind of like fold the curtain back and be like, all right, let me just let y'all get a peek right quick. You know, here's a peek of what's going on. But that's not what he, he does. He says, a wicked and adulterous generation. And he says, there will be no sign given to you. Yeah. And that, that's except kind of, for what? Yeah. Jonah. Jonah. And, and what is jo- How does Jesus use Jonah as a type? Yeah. He's, he's talking about he was in the belly of the fish for three days, same way that he's, you know, the Son of Man's going to be in the ground. Yeah. And so that's the only sign you're going to need. So the resurrection is, is, the, is the keystone to the good news. Yeah. So. Have you ever heard somebody say, uh, man, Lord, I just wish you'd show me a sign, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about that um, when we come back from the break. Life in general is about decisions. Every decision that you make has consequences, and you're tethered to every single one of them. Jesus gives us this awesome opportunity that you don't have to make all the decisions in your life all on your own. You see, he invites you to come to him, to learn from him. Jesus gives us this perfect example, and he tells us in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We have so much to learn from, from Christ. And he gives us this example of saying, if you really want to learn from me, take my yoke. You see, yokes were used in the, back in Bible times to, to, to put two animals together, to pull a load or to pull a cart or to plow ground. And you would put a, an ox together or you would put two mules together and they would pull the load together. And that's what Christ offers for us, is he's offering to pull the load for us. Christ invites us to, to come to him. 
And we're to be his followers, disciples, learners, people who have yoked in with him. And he builds a community around us called the church. The church is to be made up of people, people who God have looked at their hearts. You see, the world wants to paint a picture of everything that would divide us. The church has painted a picture of the things that unite us. That Christ, he builds this community that when we've yoked in with, with other people, they may be different from us, but we can learn from each other. What a beautiful thing that it is when we can have difficult conversations. There's, there's no conversation that the church can't have. And that's what Christ wants from us, is he wants community that's strong, that's yoked in together, that learns from each other. And most importantly, that learns from Jesus. And he invites us to come, take, learn, and find. That's not a water bob, that's a keg. <laughs> Nobody cares around a... a, a, it a High Sierra water. It's not High Sierra, that's the company that made it. The company. Yeah, it's did, water. Is it pedal water? Pedal water. <laughs> Macedonia water. The, so back to the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And so people are like, Lord, I just wish you'd just show me a sign. You know, it's like, well, if you really, if you really want that, let me, let me, let me go show you what Jesus says about somebody who wants that. Because that's, that's really not living by faith. Yeah, and, and what they're looking for is, is some way for God to validate to them that just just think about how flip flop that really is, mm-hmm. right? When God asks us to see yeah. by faith that Jesus lived, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right. So we can validate all these things that He lived. We have all these prophecies, everything like that that's going to culminate in His life. Then He's going to die, and He's going to tell us why He had to die. None of those things are those things are kind of concealed in the Old Testament. So then he tells us why I've got to die in the New Testament. And then his resurrection, Acts 17, Paul says, and he appointed a day in which he'll judge everybody and proving it by resurrecting this man from the dead. Yeah. And so for them to say, I need you to show me really what you're doing is you're taking what God says and you're asking the exact opposite. Yeah. I, I don't want, God says, walk by faith. I don't want to walk by faith. God says, do it without sight. You don't need to see Jesus. Peter says, this Jesus, whom yet you have not seen, yet you love. This Jesus, whom you love and haven't seen, God says, the world says, give me a sign that I can see him, then I'll love him. And God says, you, you really are missing this point. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks a sign. Yeah, all those things you're talking about. Is evidence. Yeah, that's right. He's he's given us all these evidence, and and that was one thing that we did. And you know, in law enforcement, I, I didn't care, I didn't care one way or the other. Whatever happened, whichever way the evidence led, that's the way I'm going. And it's the same way with Christianity. But I came to a point. It's like, okay, well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna search this out, and it's like, how do I prove this? You know, to somebody. Well, he gives us all kinds of evidence. There are loads and loads. And loads of, of evidence, and you just have to seek it. Well, you know, when you talked about in the beginning is the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And Revelation 19 talks about the armies in heaven followed him on white horses. And 
His name is faithful and true. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And all in this same passage, then it says his name is called the word of God. And what happens, and I don't think, I think if people really grasp and they really understood, you know, when, when I'm seeking a sign or whatever, and God's like, why don't you just read my word? And I think if people would understand that the same word of God that spoke things into existence, that that, that we hung, can't even get people to move off the back pews that hung the earth from nothing. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. Like God spoke it into existence and yet week in and week out, we yeah. pound away on our podcast and, and, and we think that the things we're talking about are so important that the whole world ought to tune into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not, not in a prideful way, yeah, right. but this is just so it's important. not about us. Yeah. This is just so important, but, but God's word that says, Phoomp. we'll hang it right out there. He's the one that's spoken into existence. Yeah. Hung the earth from nothing. He spoke. The dry land appeared. He he speaks, and you, now you got vegetation and animals, and he spoke the, the sun, moon, and stars into existence. And you have all these things, and that's the same powerful word that's that's on these pages. And I'm not I'm not talking about God's just going to give you a miraculous thing, but but it is it is so powerful the way that the word will, will change and shape lives and you know that when it comes to uh i think if people would realize that when they reject the words of the bible that they're actually rejecting jesus they're rejecting the word of god they're rejecting him yeah it'll, it'll, blas- cha- it'll change your mind that's blaspheming the holy spirit yeah you know like this whole idea of you know blaspheming the holy spirit is really you know when he talks about that in context there you know you guys he's saying you're casting out demons by the power of the devil. And Jesus, does that even make sense? A house divided against right. itself cannot stand. So if I'm if I'm casting out demons in Satan's name, it's like it's like I am the quarterback and and I'm I know I gotta throw towards my end zone, but when I snap the ball, I turn around and then one of the, the D backs runs by me and I toss him the ball. Yeah. How much sense does that make? You know, we're not gonna win that way. And so Jesus uses this, like, you guys are, the reason why there's no hope for salvation for you is because you are literally denying what the, you are seeing the Spirit do. You're, you, you are one of the very few people that God will, will, will prove these things to by sight. So that's why you can see that there's just such a critical aspect that, that no matter what sight God would give us, no matter what signs, wonders, miracles God would give us. You you think about that if if it's the if it's the evidences in front of you that would make it true, how come there's only 120 in the upper room in Acts chapter 1? Mm-hmm. If if that were the case, if it, if people just needed a sign to prove it, why yeah. would Yeah, and Peter told them at the start of that sentence, you know, at the start of that sermon, you know, he quotes Joel 2:32 and and then he's like, he's going to come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says, and I'm going to tell you who the Lord is. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you. Mm-hmm. He's proven to you by signs, wonders, and miracles done in your midst, as you yourselves, you also know. He's like, but you took him by lawless hands and you crucified him. So, yeah, the 120 in that upper room, uh, he that what happens is his, his hearts are turned away from him. Well, and, and so you think about this is what happened when we start equating. This is why the gospel is so powerful to preach it. Because you, you think about this. On Friday, Jesus comes into town riding his donkey. 
and they're they're laying that like they're paving the road for him. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. They're literally paving the road for him to come in. They're going to lay down palm branches. They've seen Jesus feed thousands with just a couple little fish and some loaves, of, some biscuits. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody. Twice. Yeah, that's not like somebody carries a whole loaf of bread. You know, like we see the pictures and we think it's like yeah. th- this big. It's more like a. He big, had his. He probably had his his sliver of the loaf. Yeah, that's right. Or or a you know a hoe cake. Yeah. You know. So they've seen Jesus feed the thousands. Wow, he can take care of us, right? They've seen Jesus walk on water, steal the storms. Man, he's got control over the elements. We'll never have to worry about food. Mm-hmm. He can give it to us. It'll always rain when we need to. I saw those things. I remember when they let that guy down through the roof. That was a cripple, and, and his little skinny cripple leg just grew muscle, and he jumped up. And then yeah, there's guy, so much evidence that that Peter and John were like, "Lord, do you want us to rain down fire just like Elijah?" I mean, I would imagine when they're walking into Jerusalem, they're like, "He's fixing to establish the kingdom." And and then think about what what he's also done. They're 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 rulers. Elite, the ones that they acquiesce to. Jesus stopped every one of them with in just his tracks. with his mouth. So, so he never did anything miraculous to stop the Pharisees and the Sadducees from doing what they were doing. He just simply reasoned with them in such a tremendously important way that 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 they re- that everybody realized. You know, there's just such a powerful thing in Mark 11, and the common people heard him gladly. I love that's one mm-hmm. of my favorite verses, oh, yeah. and and it's because Jesus in 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 so they've seen the miracles, they've seen the feedings, they've seen him conquer authority, and here he comes into town, and they know that this is it because all these things they are equating to sight, they are equating to sight, and 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 Bob, the blessed of the gospel is, is that by faith. I see Jesus' death. Mm-hmm. By faith, I see his 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 tomb, his his grave. And by faith, I see his resurrection. So by faith, I see my death, and I see my burial, and I see my resurrection. Because if it's about sight, if it's about sight, then God would have done it for every one of us. But what it was about was faith. Because there's a there's essentially a flawed model. With sight, I love I love uh, John seven forty forty six forty five says. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, "Why have you not brought him? You know, why have you not seized Jesus?" The officers answered, "No man ever spoke like this man. Yeah, no nobody's ever spoke like him." And uh, John John five. Uh, 39 he says he's talking to the pharisees and you're talking about the heart problem he says you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me but then he says but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life and that's and that when when you're seeking for a sign come to jesus come to the scriptures he says you're not willing to come to me that you can actually have life and that's and and so that repent and there's no there's no getting around it, Bob. Yeah, and, and that's why the blessed there's this awesome thing about about really this life of faith because then if if like I, when I was studying with with um, this person this morning and and I said so you just think about it if God 
if, if God gave you the answer to what was it like when Jesus was 11 years old. Is that going to do it for you? Is, is that enough? Because mm-hmm. you know what it'll be. It'll be another answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be another question. Give him a mouse cookie. He wants a glass of milk. God knew that about us. Absolutely. So what he says is, is that I'm going to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, just just in, a, in what a blessed thing in three years. You know, we just got through. John's really just a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you only get a, a handful of days of Jesus' life in John's gospel. But but the, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke gospels, you get... You know, a few years of Jesus' life, you know, two and some change, three years, whatever you want to, mm. however you want to yeah. kind of look at it. And, it. and it covers everything. It covers everything that we need to live. It covers everything we need to see as supremacy. It covers everything we need to see as, as authority. It covers everything we need to understand that we can absolutely model ourselves after what he did. So, so then you ask people, here's the, like I was thinking about, you were talking about uh, the woman uh, caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. John eight and John eight, in the sermon. Yeah. In, in your sermon, um, this so if you're yeah. not listening, if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to Bob's sermon on July the third, third on the Kensington Woods Church of Christ, you just too, save your time. Just you just need to go watch it. It's just a great sermon. You did a great job, Bob. But I was thinking about that scenario in John eight when they bring all this all these folks to Jesus. I mean, all these folks bring this woman to Jesus. She's called an adultery. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means of like, you yeah. know, they caught her in the bed, they caught her living with somebody, you know, right. wh- whatever it meant. But they bring her to Jesus. Don't even know if she got clothes on or not. Right. But but whatever it is, she's caught yeah. in adultery. And I just think there's this, think about, I, there there is something in the white space that we miss. And I was thinking about this when you were preaching. I was like, don't think about this. Got to go listen to Bob. Don't think about this. But Jesus stoops down and he just writes on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. How long do you think he had to write before they started filtering away? No, you gotta be real. Com- I was thinking about like, Chris. Here's a lesson for you, and mo- and get get back to Bob. You got to be comfortable with with awkward silence. So so what I mean by that is this: when you teach somebody the truth, when you give them the truth, shut up. You have got to let it work. You you don't need to. There's no need for me to keep. S- How do you feel about that scripture? Yeah, or or to, or to think? keep like if if it if I make it dependent on me, mm-hmm. like I go away thinking I wish I'd have said this, wish I'd have said that, you know, some you know, like yeah. when I when I'm teaching somebody, you know, and it may be, you know, ten different people in a week, and I may and I may half of them think I wish I'd have said this, wish I'd have did that, you know, or or whatever the case may be. I've got to remember. I've got to remember there's just really fundamental things that people have got to understand, and you've got to let that work on their heart. He died. He was buried. He was raised again. Right in the sand. Start writing in the dirt. Let that work on them because they if, if, if I need to fill them up with what is important about that, then I'll tell them what I think is important. If you're talking in that situation, you're making them feel more comfortable. Yeah, and so... Sometimes I just got to get back in the dirt, just right in the dirt. Now I wonder how long Jesus had to stoop down and yeah, write in the dirt. There's debates about you know what he was writing, if he was writing law, scripture, or whatever. But all that's not, yeah. all that's extra biblical. That's you can't right. prove any of that stuff. Yeah. Only thing that you know is, he, is that he, he wrote in the dirt and the crowd filtered they away. They all left. They left from the oldest to the youngest. And so, so you got to think like all he did was just put God's word in their heart. Mm-hmm. 
and walked away and just stood there. So I've got to be real comfortable with awkward silence because it's not about how well I can do it, how well I can present it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my object lesson, you know, how, how let's take him to the tomb, not not to pick on Bob, but I'm just saying like like there's no there, no matter how good I present it, it'll never be better than what God said. No matter how long I spend time uh, you know, I like to I like to dive in and just spend you camp out on something. You know, it'll, it'll never be because what I do when I do that is that we need to do those things, right? We need object lessons. Jesus, I, mm -hmm. an example have I given you that you ought to do to one another, or or Jesus takes these great this time to explain these great. You, you've heard of old said of this, but I say it. You know, all well, okay. Who's my neighbor? Okay, let, let, let's talk about who your neighbor is then. Mm -hmm. Who's my gives neighbor? A, yeah, gives, gives us. A, a, so so we, we're going to dive into this thing, right? But but there's just I will never I will never be able to impress, draw, paint, sound, feel. I, I will never be able to five sense those things. We're until, inadequate. Exactly right. So I've got to remember that ultimately God requires the gospel to be taught. Mm -hmm. The death, the burial, and the resurrection that was sufficient for the Corinthians. That was sufficient for the. Stoics and Epicureans in, in Acts 17, that every time Paul was on trial, what did he do? Yeah, he gave him Jesus. He preached the gospel. Yeah. He didn't say, he didn't say, it's just not, it's not fair. It's not yeah. fair that I, this has happened to me. Let me tell you why it's not fair. Yeah. It's because I was just, I just was trying to preach. Church in Philippi, y'all send me some socks and underwear. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, he's mind. like, it's turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. This is such an awesome thing, guys. And and when he's on trial before Felix, he's like, well, well, let me tell you why I'm here. It's because of the hope of the resurrection. When he's on trial before Festus, he says, let me tell you about the temperance and, and righteousness and the judgment to come. Let, let me tell you about Jesus, right? When I was... That's why you get why people say, well, why does Paul tell his his um, conversion story so many times in the book of Acts? He's not. He's telling them about Jesus every time. Right. That's what he's got. That's why he's telling them about like, well, why are you here? Well, it's because of what happened what to happened? me. So like like this you need guy to, named Jesus. Yeah. So this is why you need to know these things. And so so we got to be real comfortable. Yeah, that's right. And right. and you and so don't don't ever be afraid to let God's word. Work on somebody's heart and don't be afraid to plant sage for the gospel. And you, and you know enough. We don't know it all. You know enough. We know enough. This is the Unscripted Podcast.